Michael Vonnen. Welcome to the Tolkien Lore Channel. I'm the Tolkien Geek, and in this video, I want to talk about the top five deleted characters from Peter Jackson's Lord of the Ring movies. What do I mean by that? Well, we all know that Peter Jackson left out a bunch of material because everybody always does. It's impossible to put everything from the book into a movie. And some of the stuff that he left out are some characters, and some of them are pretty important, some of them less so. But I want to talk about the ones that I think are kind of the most important that he left out. So let's get started and talk about those. So the first character I want to talk about is Radagast the Wizard. Now, if you've seen the Hobbit movies that he later did, then you realize that he kind of eventually made up for leaving him out of the Lord of the Rings. But in the movie of the uh, Lord of the Rings, he doesn't mention Radagast at all. In the book, Radagast's role is pretty small, which is why he leaves it out. But essentially, his role is he's told by Saruman to go find Gandalf to bring him to Orthanx so that Saruman can either convince Gandalf to join him or so that he can keep him prisoner and not let him meddle in his affairs. So when they do meet, Gandalf tells him he's actually on his way to meet Saruman anyway. He tells Radagast to you know, spread the word about uh, some of what's going on and to tell, you know, the animals with whom Radagast is very familiar and has a good relationship with to, you know, spread the word around. And that ends up being important, too, because in the book, the reason that Gandalf gets rescued by the Great Eagle off the top of the Tower of Orthanc is because Radagast told the Eagles, and the Eagles then, you know, were looking for Gandalf, came to Orthanc, and was like, oh, there he is. So without Radagast, you wouldn't actually have had the rescue of Gandalf in the book. Now, of course, in the movie, they kind of leave him out because his role is tiny. It wouldn't add much to the story, so it's kind of understandable, but he is important nevertheless. So that's Radagast and how he plays into the story. Very much worth at remembering his role, so let's not forget him. Number four on my list is Fatty Bulger. Who is Fatty Bulger? If you've seen the movie at the very, very beginning where Bilbo's having his birthday party, you might actually hear him say the name Fatty Bulger, but, and, and that's really the only reference to it, but it's not a reference to the actual character as described in the book, because he's talking to an older hobbit. In the book, Fatty Bulger, which is a nickname for Fredegar Bulger, is actually a younger hobbit like Marion Pippin, one of Frodo's closer friends, and the role he plays is very much a part of the way that the book handles Frodo leaving the Shire, which is very different from the movie. In the movie, of course, he basically just starts out running, more or less, after Gandalf comes back and tells him about the ring. In the book, it's a much more involved process. He actually goes through kind of a charade where he's selling Baggins to the Sackville Bagginses. He's saying he's going to move to Crick Hollow, which is near where Mary and the other Brandybucks live, and he's using that as kind of an excuse to get out of Hobbiton away from prying eyes, and he's going to slip out quietly. He actually goes through with most of that plan. Part of that plan is helped out by Fatty Bulger, who's the one who's kind of holding the, the house in Crick Hollow for him, and he's the one who stays behind while the other four, uh, Mary, Pippin, Sam, and Frodo, go off on the actual quest so as to give some appearance that somebody's still living there as long as possible to make sure that it doesn't get out that Frodo has left the Shire. He wants to maintain that illusion as long as possible. So he actually plays a pretty significant role. 
What's more interesting, too, is after Frodo and company leave, the ring rates, some of the ring rates, actually come to the house at Crick Hollow because they've been following him, trying to figure out where he's at. And they attack while Fatty Bulger is there, and he barely escapes with his life, warns somebody who then, you know, starts blowing horns and alerting the the hobbits in the area, and the Black Riders leave. So he actually plays a relatively significant role for somebody who gets completely left out of the movie. But again, because of the pacing issues, and they, they just, I'm sure they couldn't fit all of that plot into, you know, it was already over a three-hour movie. So anyway, that's Fatty Bulger's role in the story. After the very beginning, you really don't hear from him again. So, I mean, you don't miss much else, but that's his role. Three is Glorfindel. Now, who is Glorfindel? Glorfindel is an elf. It's an interesting role because he plays a role that gets taken over by two different people, depending on which version of the movie you watch. Um, in Peter Jackson's movie, his role is taken over by Arwen, because Glorfindel is actually the elf that meets Aragorn and the hobbits out in the wild and helps them get to Rivendell. Um, in the older animated Lord of the Rings movie that some of you may be familiar with from the 70s, it's actually Legolas who does this, because they just, in that movie, they didn't even have time to bit, fit Arwen into the schedule. So, but Glorfindel is actually the one who, who meets them out there. El Elrond has actually sent many different riders out trying to look for them because he knows they're out there. Glorfindel is the one that happens to take the route that they end up on. And he meets them, and quite unlike the, the movie rendition, they don't immediately just start riding as hard as they can for Rivendell. He actually takes it relatively slow and easy because Frodo needs to take it slow and easy because of his wound. And as part of that process goes on, they keep getting closer to Rivendell. Eventually they are getting caught up by the Black Riders when they get close to the ford. He sends Frodo out alone on the horse to cross the river, and then he and Aragorn come behind after the Black Riders have already passed them, uh, they've managed to start a fire and, and get some torches going, and they actually come from behind the the ring rates, and that's what drives the horses to jump into the, the river and get swept away by the flood. It's not quite like the movie where they're crossing the river and then the flood comes. So he plays that significant role, but he also plays a role in the Council of Elrond where he has some voice in the overall discussion of what is the ring? What do we do with it? How do we solve this problem? It's not a huge role, but it is important. Another interesting thing about Glorfindel is there was a Glorfindel in the Silmarillion, which uh, I believe was one of the main characters in the Gondolin story, the fall of Gondolin with Tuor. And his, um, his role there is pretty significant. I can't remember if he's the one that saves them from a ambush in the mountains as they're fleeing or what, but it's, I'm almost certain I've read somewhere that Glorfindel in the Lord of the Rings is the reincarnation of that Glorfindel. Because if, if, you, if you're familiar with Tolkien's mythology, and I actually cover this in a video about the theme of mortality, and I'll link to that in the video in the description below, um, elves, when they die, they actually can be reincarnated into a later, you know, born elf. So that's... I'm almost certain I read that about Glorfindel. I just cannot remember where. But if somebody can verify it for me and put that in the comments, that'd be awesome. So anyway, that's Glorfindel. That's my number three. Now let's get to number two. 
Number two on my list is Baragond, and here you have no idea what I'm talking about if you've never read the books, because he's not even alluded to in any respect in the movies. Baragond is a soldier of Gondor, and he is the one who kind of helps Pippin learn the ropes, find his way around whenever he uh, agrees to join the Tower Guard uh, in essentially payment of the debt that he owes for Boromir sacrificing himself for them. So... He, you know, helps Pippin learn where everything is. He kind of gives him an idea of, you know, how to do things. But more importantly, later on in the story, whenever Pippin is trying to save Faramir from being burned alive, Baragond is actually the somebody who helps him do that. He runs into Baragond when he's looking for Gandalf and tells him what's going on and says, you know, you need to go help or whatever. And Baragond at that point is standing guard at the tower, and he's like, well... I'm not allowed to leave my post. What am I going to do? And Pippin says, well, you got two choices. You can either disobey Denethor, who is crazy anyway, or you can stay here and let Faramir die. Those are your options. Baragond, of course, ends up choosing to save Faramir, which unfortunately leads to unfortunate shedding of blood, which is not allowed in, in the hallowed ground where that whole situation occurs because he actually has to fight off some of Denethor's other servants, and he kills one of them. And he also, I think, kills the Keeper of the Keys. And as a result of this, he does save Faramir, but he also, he's under essentially criminal charge of doing what, you know, nobody's allowed to do, which is shed blood in, in that area. So uh, he ends up being tried, tried, I, I, I put that loosely, but when Aragorn becomes king, he basically hears his case and says, um, you know, you're not allowed to do that, so you are going to have to leave the Tower Guard, which of course was just a crushing blow, because being part of the Tower Guard was a very honorable, prestigious position. And so that was crushing, but then Aragorn followed it up with, but because you did it for, you know, to save Faramir, you'll be the captain of his guard in Ithilien, which is where he was going to essentially have a princedom. So it, it all turns out good. And it's a, it's an actually, it's a fun little subplot and it's, it, there's more to it than that as well. But, uh, it's really interesting to watch that little story unfold because it, it gives a little bit more of a human element in the middle of what is becoming a huge, just a war story toward the end. So that's number two. Now who's number one? You can probably guess. So before I get to my number one, actually, I want to talk about three runners up that I wanted to mention. None of them play very significant roles in the story, but they are named characters that don't get mentioned in the movies. So one of those is Urkenbrand. Urkenbrand is in the Kingdom of Rohan. He's actually the commander of Helm's Deep before Theoden and then everybody get there. He's the one that Gandalf goes to find, not Aomer, because it's complicated. There's <laughs> Aomer was never actually banished. He was actually imprisoned. Urkenbrand was the one who's kind of trying to rally some of Theoden's forces out in the west from the route of Saruman, driving them away from the fords of the Eisen River. A lot of different story elements going on. But anyway, he, he's a leader in Rohan, and he's the one that ends up saving them from the siege at Helm's Deep. So that's one. Another one is Quickbeam, who is another Int, uh, Quickbeam kind of takes Merry and Pippin 
to do other things while the ints very, very slowly decide what to do at their int moot about the whole Saruman situation. And then finally, the other one I want to mention is Imrahil. Imrahil is a prince of Gondor, has his own little city called Dol Amroth. He's thought to have actually some elvish ancestry, and there's some backstory to that too, uh, but he's kind of one of the one of the main people in the the war councils that Denethor holds that we see a little bit of in the books. He also um, he ends up his um, sister or daughter I can't remember which ends up marrying Aomer, uh, and she becomes queen of Rohan. So I mean, there's three different people there that have some role in the story, but not really very significant. But I thought it was worth mentioning them as kind of runners up to this list of top five. So there's that. Number one pick, who in the world in the book takes up a little over two chapters worth of material but isn't even mentioned in the movies? You guessed it, Tom Bombadil. If you haven't read the book and you don't really know anything about Tolkien's lore up outside of the movies, then you've never heard of Tom Bombadil, but he's a very important character and a very mysterious character. And I think I've talked about him in the Five Unsolved Mysteries video that I've done, which I'll link to below as well. Uh, Bombadil is not a man. He's not a hobbit. He's not a dwarf. We don't really know what he is. Nobody knows what he is. In fact, Tolkien kind of deliberately leaves it mysterious. But he lives in the Old Forest, and there's a whole huge episode that happens in the Old Forest uh, where that's Frodo and Sam and Merry and Pippin, when they leave Crick Hollow, after leaving Fatty Bolger, they go through the old forest trying to essentially lose the, you know, make their trail impossible to follow for the Black Riders and anybody else who might be interested in following them. Old Forest is very dangerous and it's regarded by hobbits as, you know, you don't want to go in there. And for good reason, they almost end up getting um, killed in various ways by uh, a supernatural willow that's called old man willow that nobody it's not really clear if he's like a degenerate int or exactly what he is but tom bombadil rescues them from the willow takes them to his house they stay there for about a day and then they set out again and then they have a subsequent adventure adventure with in the the barrow downs which is basically a bunch of graves of old numenorians from one of the northern kingdoms in the and I want to say it was Rudauer, uh, and I've covered that in the video on the North Kingdom of Arnor, link in the description. Well, there's a lot of reference material for this one. Uh, but Tom Bombadil rescues them from that as well. I'm going to have to do a video on that entire episode because there's just a lot going on there. Um, Tom Bombadil rescues them from that and finally gets them back on the road just a mile or so from Bree. So, I mean, the most of the travel, travel from... Uh, the Shire to Bree is involves Tom Bombadil. He tells him a lot of stories. He actually at one point puts on the ring, doesn't disappear. There's a lot of interesting things about Tom Bombadil. I can't even begin to go into it in this video, but it's definitely, if you have not read the book, you're missing out on a very interesting chapter, two chapters uh, of the story. So very much worth picking up if you're interested in reading that's one reason to do it, is to pick up on some information that is completely left out of the movie. So, that's my number one pick, and now let's wrap up. So, that's my top five list of characters who were completely left out of uh, Lord of the Rings movies by Peter Jackson. 
uh, as I mentioned, like a, one or two of them were referenced by name, but not really anything else, and I don't really count that. So uh, if you enjoy the video, then please like it, please share, and please also subscribe to the channel. You can also find me at JRRT Lore on Twitter. And until next time, I am the Tolkien Geek signing out for the Tolkien Lore channel. Namariyeh.